You're listening to The Big Possible Show with your host, Noah Scott. It's time to break through the limits and achieve all you can imagine. All you can imagine. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Big Possible Show. This is Noah Scott signing on with another incredible pioneer to talk about, well, his journey. Welcome to the show, Ari Gunsberg. So Ari has experienced trauma at a young age. When a teacher passed away while hiking on a field trip, only a few years later, Ari made a series of bad decisions, earning his PhD from the School of Hard Knocks. After more than a decade working in marketing, Ari is now focused on inspiring others to greatness. Welcome to the show, Ari. How are you, man? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, and I'm allowed to talk now. <laughs> Okay. Yes, I know. <laughs> you're allowed to talk. You, know, you never, you never know, because you don't want to be rude. Like, welcome to the show, and you're like, I'm just gonna shut up and sit here and be quiet. You know, like you never know. I gotta, but um, I, I really appreciate you having me on. Gotta hype you up, bro. I gotta hype you up. But thanks so much for having me on. It's, it's, it's really exciting to be here. Um, yeah, it's, it's fantastic. Great. So take a minute just to fill in the gaps there in the bio. Let's tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and, and what you do. So, uh, who I am? I am a middle-aged man no <laughs> uh i don't even know if i could count as middle-aged yet but um you know I'm, I'm 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 a speaker i'm trying to do a little bit of good in the world whatever i can you know and and more than that i'm a dad and uh i'm an outdoors enthusiast uh and then and then we all have been relearning how to wear many more hats than I think we were used to before COVID hit. And so I've, you know, revamped that those old parts of my life, such as I'm a marketer, I'm a designer and stuff like that. Um, and now I can also say post-COVID, I'm, I can also say that I am a published author. Um, you know, I put out a book during COVID, a few books, actually, if you include the kids' books. But um and then, and then what do I do? I, you know, I, I'm, I'm here to help people learn. You know, I was telling somebody the other day, I went through like a lot of stuff in my life. And, and if I was trying to sit there and hide it, which I was, I get not hide it, but like keep it private, I guess you could say uh, for a long period of time, because, you know, it just, it's not the normal thing that people go through. And, and a lot of people would hear about some of the things and be like, what you went through that and what you were where, you know? And, and so, so for a long time, I felt like it was nobody's business. And then, and then at some point in time, I realized that really it, I can help people. I can help people with these experiences that I went through and I can hopefully help people not have to go through the same experiences and to do a lot better and feel, feel better about themselves and raise their self-esteem and, and just become bigger and better people. And and so if I can do that, then, then it's, it's almost not fair for me to sit there and try and hide it and try and keep it private. You know, obviously there are people out there who, who mentally or emotionally or whatever can't can't fit can't deal with that right because they they are they feel very private or they they can't like sit there and air their dirty laundry for other people to see or they're just they just get too embarrassed or whatever but that's for better or for worse that's not me <laughs> mm. um, well wonderful you're in the right place then and fantastic. in the spirit of vulnerability and and sharing your dirty laundry let's dive in let's dive right in with the, with the, with the story and Go for if it. you're if you're open to sharing it, as this is the big possible show, I love to start with stories that are about taking risk and looking into the face of the unknown and saying, "I'm going to reach for this." Maybe it's an impossible goal that you had, and what was going through your head at the time? You know, feel free to take us on that journey as you share that story. 
Sure. So uh, in 2016, right before my daughter, my third child, my daughter, my second daughter was born, um, I was asked to go speak at a juvenile detention center. And having been in places like that personally, I was like, I don't want to go. So I said no. Um, but then I realized that I actually, out of all the people that were asked to go speak to these kids, I could actually connect to them probably the best because I had been in places like they had, were in right now. And so I, I re-volunteered. She's like, we all filled up. We filled up. So there's no slots left. Whew. Thank goodness. <laughs> and then uh, somebody canceled a day or two later. And so I got my spot that I did did want, didn't want, didn't know what I wanted. Uh, anyways, I went in there and, you know, the last second right before I went in, um, and just to give like the, the, the bird's eye view real quick, just so people get where this is going. The story that I'm trying to tell is, is launching myself into a career of speaking has been a tremendous journey. It's been rewarding. It's been amazing. It's also been incredibly difficult. And there's also this massive leap of faith that you need to do in order to do that. And I'm going to get into that in a little bit. I just want to give the preface of what we're go- where we're going. But uh, so, so I go, I'm right before I go in, you know, I was going to go in and tell them my story. I was like on my way in and I was like, uh Oh, I don't know if they want to hear my story. Who the hell says they want to care anything about my life. Maybe they just want to hear about my job. So I showed up and I'm like, uh, you know, I went through some stuff like you guys did. If anybody wants to hear my story, raise your hand. And like almost the whole room, their hand went up. I was like, all right, cool. And I told them my story and we, we, I connected, like it was a group of guys in this juvenile detention center, 40, 50 guys. And I proceeded to sit there for, for like almost an hour telling them about my story. And then we did this marketing exercise for another 45 minutes. And then I sent them in a piece of artwork that I, cause we did this marketing exercise where we created a product. And so I, I put the brand name and the brand tagline and the brand colors that they had decided on as a group into a graphic as a made up, as a made up piece. And I sent it in with the, um, the social worker for the, for the pod. And so she put it up on the wall and they got ecstatic and they just couldn't believe that somebody had gone out of their way to, you know, help them and to do things with them and then follow it up with it afterwards as well. Um, at the same time as that was happening, like late 2016, I was also working with a business coach and being like, I hate the work that I do. You know, I was working in design work back then and I hate the work that I do. Not hate, but like, it's not fulfilling and there's parts of it that are tedious and and it's just not something that I enjoy doing. So I, you know, it was kind of like reevaluate what career I'm doing and should I stick it, stick to this? Should I go into something else? Hate's a strong word, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway, so I was like, I don't really like what I'm doing. So I'm working with this business coach and and they offered, they suggested maybe work in speaking, you know, maybe go out and talk to people and 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 motivate them to, you know, because you've been through such crazy things in your life. Maybe you can use those experiences to help other people. Mm-hmm. And this was all happening at right about the same time. And I was like, you know, maybe this really does make sense after I spoke to these guys. So uh, I decided I'm a I'm a I'm a speaker. And I started going to Toastmasters and I started doing the work and I started doing the learning and, and figuring out how to do this and how do you speak and how do you this and how, what's the technique for that? And how do you get nervous when you get up there? And we were talking before about airing dirty laundry and stuff and how it's just not me. I've discovered something fascinating in that. So, I mean, this is like, you know, to me, like this is almost like a public appearance, even though there's nobody here except for me, you and me right now. But like, if I was just sitting there and catching a beer with somebody and, you know, at the bar or whatever, or just like, you know, grabbing a cup of coffee or something, and we're just, you know, talking and just connecting and everything, it's very unlikely that I would offer almost anything personal, anything emotional. Like it would just be very like, you know, maybe, maybe if we sat there and were able to pull ourselves into a moment like that, maybe I could, but like, it just doesn't happen. But then put me in, in, on a stage in front of hundreds of people 
And like, if it's got to do with something personal or emotional and everything, like all of a sudden, boom, it's out there. And I'm like, all right, <laughs> can't bring that birdie back home. But like, that's, I, you know, it's, that's, it's interesting because it's not something that bugs me, I guess, a lot. Like it's, I, I find it very strange. And I've, I, I was listening to a speaker one time and I forget who it was. This lady who was explaining, I think it was a lady who was explaining that like, um, when she gets up on stage, she like just goes into this different mode. And I guess that's probably the best way to put it. It's like, I go into a different mode and like, you know, there's, there's very little privacy in that mode at that point. And it's like, if I need to bring up a point for my own life in order to go ahead and make a point, if I need to go ahead and air some of my dirty laundry in order to go ahead and make that point and everything, like, even though it potentially will, uh, you know, you know, cause some judgments from people in the crowd or whatever. Okay. Big deal. You know, that's, that's what we got to do to go ahead and, and communicate this message to the audience. Um, it was actually interesting. I, I one time was at a Toastmasters meeting uh, or a contest or something, practicing a speech. And I, the speech was about, you know, getting locked up. And so in Toastmasters, you give a speech and then somebody uh, critiques your speech. I forget what they call it. Uh, you know, and so they, they, they come back and evaluates. Thank you. That's it. They, they come in and they evaluate your speech. So my evaluator, this was a business Toastmasters meeting in a business setting at a major corporation, right? On their terrace and everything. And I got up there and I see this whole story and everything and, and, you know, about how, like, I got locked up when I was a kid and everything. I don't work there. So, like, I'm not applying there anytime soon. So, like, big deal that I got up there and aired my dirty laundry. But, like, my evaluator gets up and she's like, well, back when I was a kid, I also, and I'm like, uh, and then somebody else mentioned later, they're like, by the way, you might not want to mention that in a corporate setting. (laughs) And she's like, oh, yeah, that's right. You know, because like you don't necessarily put that on the application, right? Because it says like if you've ever been convicted or whatever, right? And so like somebody gets in trouble when they're 16 and they they get a slap on the wrist. There's no conviction or whatever, right? They're like, okay, they don't they don't they don't necessarily have to unless they ask if you've ever been arrested and maybe it was detained, not arrested, whatever. So, um, but yeah, it's it's weird because like I'm okay with doing that in those situations, but like unless. I'm pushed, I guess, a lot. Like I wouldn't necessarily do it in a one-on-one or in a small group setting, you know? Um, yeah. So anyway, so I took this, this, this leap of faith into speaking, uh, 2017 or so, 2018. And I'll tell you at, at the beginning, I was terribly, terribly bad at it and not even the speaking part of it. Um, my understanding from feedback that I've gotten from various evaluators and, you know, I've won a number of speaking contests and, and all these other things is that thank God, even at the very beginning, I was a decent speaker and I just got better with time. Thank God. Mm -hmm. But, um, but like, you know, marketing myself as a speaker and everything. Like I sat there and put up this website because I was like, oh, I'm going to do this whole thing, minimal, whatever. And it was terrible. And then I revamped the website. I think it, where I'm on the second version right now. And I still right now recognize parts of the website that are not, meaning the website's supposed to be a tool to help me land speaking gigs. And, and that's not how I ended up creating the website. I created the website as more of like an informational site. So it's just like really, like a lot of information that doesn't help me excel as a speaker but but you know thank god i mean it's you know i've used other tools and i have other profiles in other places and so um but like at the beginning it was like it was like i was like desperate for anything and i'll just do whatever i could and it's like all over the place and i, I, I and it's been a crazy journey because like i've been you know and, and about halfway through the journey like covid hit and and um it's been 
it's been very quiet for the past two years and now it's started to pick back up again and everything. And so like, it's just, it's just been a crazy journey because, you know, because I have these other skill sets from what I was doing beforehand. Right. Whereas a lot of people might've been like COVID hit. I wasn't, you know, I got my speaking business to a certain point, but that's it. I'm done. Um, I was like, when I, when, when COVID hit and like, I realized that like, it's going to be a while before the speaking industry kicks back. I wasn't like, I'm done. I was like, okay, I'm going to put the speaking on the side. I'm going to leave it almost stagnant for however long it takes. It might be one year. It might be five years. I don't know how long it's going to take, but clearly the speaking business is going to bounce back. Right. It's, it's always, as much as people are like, it's never going back to normal. It, there will come a time where there will become a, a new situation. You know, it's, if you look in places like Florida, it's already back to normal. So, um, so I, I kind of just put it on hold and like concentrate on other things as much as I could. And, and so now it's like starting to kick back up. And so I'm starting to put the time and the effort back into it, which is amazing. Um, but it's, it's, you know, when anytime you take a, a, a step into a new career, it's terrifying. It's hard. There's gonna be so much stuff that you're gonna have to learn that you don't know. And like, you already know all this stuff in your current career because you've been in it for 10, 15, 20 years or whatever. And, you know, it's not a big deal. And you're like, oh, this, like I've done it like a hundred times, like no big deal. And then you're like in a new career and you're like, you're like, okay, no. So I, I got this one thing and I did it and I was able to get it done. Whew. Okay. What's next? Oh, I've never done that before either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what's next? Oh, I've never done that before either. It sounds like you've got some incredible, the, I, I, on the, earlier on the show, I, I called you out as a pioneer. And I think that's really the spirit of what I'm hearing in this, in this story right now. You're on the frontier of figuring things out as you go, braving the unknown, and starting a new career. What, what are some practical tips that you can share with people who are on the edge of what they know as well, who maybe need a little bit more courage? They, maybe they need to just unlock their greatness and find that, that thing that is the thing that they should be chasing. Probably the most important key. I mean, I call it the key because I have this concept of the five keys to greatness, which is the subject of uh, which is the the topic of the book that I wrote, the little book of greatness. And the last key is tenacity and persistence. And with anything like this, you need to remain persistent. There will be a million different ways that are going to be trying to convince you to stop. That could be friends. That could be family members. That could be. Uh, um, you know, messages from the world or whatever you want to call it, where like things just don't go exactly the way they were supposed to go. You know, a flight gets canceled, uh, travel plans get this and, you know, a million different things can go wrong in a million different ways. And, 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 you know, any of us who have been living in the world know that because it's happened at least once at some point, you know, where you're like you're sitting there and you're like, Oh, I can't believe it. Mm-hmm. And, and especially when you're going to a new career, it's just going to get, there's so many ways and so many things that will just get so difficult that you will feel like giving up. And the, the, the whole point is, is that you shouldn't give up because it, it will almost definitely take every single ounce of your persistence and every single ounce of your energy to get into that new career fully. And it will be really, really hard to do it if you can't put your all into it. Another thing also is that, okay. So anyway, so there's an ancient Talmudic, Talmudic scholar who said, Hillel, who said, basically three things. He said, if, if I'm not for myself, who will be for me? If I'm only for myself, then what am I? And if not now, when? So, so the, the first two are kind of like, you can't be too selfish and you can't be too selfless because if you're either one of those, it's just not going to work. And the last one is the main point of what we were saying, which is if not now, when? 
I, I see people sometimes making all these plans and all these things. And I like, everything's got to be just perfect before I make that leap. I got to have the exact amount of dollars that I have to have. Everything's got to be exactly lined up and everything's got to be this. And they sit there and they wait to make the leap for three years, for five years, for 10 years, for whatever it is. And they should have made the leap and they should have sat there and picked up and gone and flown with their little birds and f- discovered that they were an eagle. And instead they sat there and they, and they were stuck to the earth for the rest of their life. Mm. Um, so if you're thinking of, of making that career change and it really seems like the right thing to do, then you know try and get as much things in a row that you need to get in a row. But at some point, you just got to gotta take that leap of faith and, and just go for it. I love I love that analogy and I love the, I love the, the the quote too. There's there's an interesting thing like a metaphor almost that the universe sometimes will just push you out even if you're not ready because or if you don't think you're ready because you really are. And and you have to sometimes just trust the process, trust that you're going to land on your feet. And whatever you're hanging on to, it doesn't necessarily even need to be career related, but sometimes we carry around old ways of thinking or we carry around relationships that are no longer serving us. And the universe sometimes will just kick those out and say, all right, it's time to let go. And we got to just let go. Sometimes when, so, right. So I, I think that we need to have a level of awareness. And again, there's a balance, right? Because if you're way too on one side or way too on the other side, it's just not going to work, but there needs to be a level of like a go with the flow mentality. Mm-hmm. So again, right. So if, if you're, if you're like, I'm always going to go with the flow with everything, you're never going to get anything done. You're never going to get anywhere. Like you're literally going to be just a, like a, like a, like a feather in the wind, you know, just like flying wherever the wind takes you. But, but there needs to be a level, like you're saying, where, where, you know, if you're trying really, really hard to hold on to a relationship or into a state of mind or into a place or whatever, and it's not the right place or they're not the right state, maybe the universe is trying to kind of gently prod you onto the next thing. And you're like hanging on for dear life. No, you got, sometimes you got to sit there and be like, you know what? Uh, you know, there's a many, many different sayings in, in, in uh, 12 step programs. They'll say things like, you know, uh, let go and let God in, in other, you know, live and let live. They'll talk about, you know, you gotta like, maybe that's, maybe that's not quite applicable, but the point is you gotta sometimes just, you know, okay, that's, what's going to happen. So I'm just gonna, I don't know exactly how it's going to work and I don't know how it's going to work out, but I'm going to kind of like, just like grab my belt loops and hang on for the ride as best as I can, you know? And, <laughs> Absolutely. Um, it's it's also those serendipitous moments that 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 create some of the most amazing magic in our lives as well. I mean, it, and and when we're not open to those things, then then we're not open to that magic as well. Mm. And I think that's going to segue into one of my favorite topics of the show, which is around decision making. I I love to ask every guest on the show their process for making decisions, and I know this is a thing that that you focus on, especially with you know kind of talking about how some bad decisions can lead you down the wrong path. What would you say is your favorite decision-making framework or mental model that you found to be particularly useful in your life? Um, and this could be for day-to-day decisions or big life goals, however you want to spin it. I don't know that I have necessarily a framework for making decisions. Um, I am, I don't know. I'm, I'm, 
a little bit all over the place, like sometimes. And so there's a lot of times when I can't make decisions necessarily. And so I'll kind of like push them off until another time. And then there's other times when I can sit there and crank through a bunch of decisions all at the same time. And, and there is some theory about how we get decision fatigue. So I, there's a good possibility that I just haven't noticed the correlation between having just made a bunch of decisions, even if they were trivial and now being like, I can't do it or like whatever, you know, but, but, um, I will say this, I will say that, that, um, I don't remember which book I read it in, like to validate what I'm going to say, but you don't really need a book to validate it because anybody who hears it knows that it's true, like automatically, like there's a level of, if I really have a big decision to make and I really have to figure something out, one thing that I always try and do is I try and get out into nature and just sit there and like, leave it all behind, get out for an hour, two hours, three hours. And either sometimes I'll do it with with the deliberate goal of getting it out of my mind, meaning not thinking about it. And sometimes I'll go out there and I'll go with the deliberate goal of thinking about it and contemplating it. So I'll give you two examples, uh, not specific examples, but, you know, um, sometimes like, you know, you go to a, cli- if you're into climbing, like I used to go to a climbing gym and it, I, uh, I used to go to a climbing gym and it, it, it was like a little mini vacation from life because I would walk in the door and I would not think about anything outside of the climbing gym for the three or four hours that I was there. And then I would leave. Um, but you know, same, same idea, right? If you're like, I just need to not think about this and, and believe it or not, when you're making a decision, getting the decision out of your head for two hours while you go and relax and do something fun will actually help you have more clarity later when you're thinking about it. Um, and nature is a wonderful, wonderful tool for this. Uh, and I, I, I believe everybody can benefit from nature in that sense. And then the other thing is, is that sometimes I, I'll have like a problem that I'm trying to figure out and there's different brainstorms and stuff. So instead of sitting down at a desk inside of a inside of an office or a house or whatever to sit there and go through this brainstorm process and, and figure out all the pros, the cons and, and which decision, et cetera. I'll take my phone out into nature into, and I'll, at that point I'll go to a very, very easy trail that I don't have to worry about like navigation or, or terrain or anything like that. And I'll bring my phone with me and I'll sit there and I'll, I'll like, you know, either jot down voice notes or jot down memo notes the whole time that I'm walking and just continuously add to all these different lists. But like, as soon as I don't have any idea anymore, I'm like, okay, I'm walking. So I put my phone back in my pocket and I walk, 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 thinking about the model in my head, pull out the phone and boom, 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 boom. And I put it back in and walk, 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 walk. And, and, Yes, I'm distracted from my walk, but the whole point of it, the whole point of the walk was to sit there and work on the brainstorm. So it's, it's, it, it equals it all itself out, you know? Mm, you know, I call that shaking the gold pen. You know, you got, you got a movement is so powerful and it's, it, you got to like, you know, if you're imagining you're a gold, gold miner, you got to shake, shake that gold pen until the dirt falls away and you're left with the gold nuggets. It's really, it's really yeah. powerful. Like a lot of times people, you get stuck in one idea, one mode of thought, you get out, you change your environment, you start moving, reset and boom, you get some, some really yeah. powerful and then, insights. And then there's, all, there's always the, the other one as well of, you know, getting outside insight in the sense that like, if you kind of explain the problem to somebody, sometimes, not always, they, they, they'll be listening to what you're saying and they'll be like, yeah, here's your problem. And you're like, but I didn't tell you all this other stuff. And they're like, yeah, yeah, but, but here's your problem. Uh-huh. They've been there before. <laughs> you're like, but I didn't tell you all the rest of this stuff. And they're like, but here's your problem. I, I was uh-huh. just with a coaching client the other day and I was like back and forth and I was like, but here's your problem. And they just couldn't hear it and they couldn't hear it. And it was very, very difficult for them. And they just, they couldn't internalize it or anything. And I was trying to explain to them that like, 
you know, it's, it's, uh, it was like a pro bono thing. I was like, there's, there's, I have, I have zero interest in anything but seeing you succeed. And this is the number one place you need to look at. And they just couldn't see it. Hmm. Um, you know, so like the, the, the next question is, is like, how do we get it? But, but again, you know, bouncing ideas off of somebody, sometimes you're just saying an idea out loud and you're like, Oh, that wouldn't work because of that. Okay. And so that's, that's why it really, really helps. I love it. Love it. Well, fantastic. So Ari, this has been, this has been really uh, just so eye-opening and I really appreciate your vulnerability and, and all the insights. How actually we're, look, we're, we'll drop it with one final question. This one will be your chance to really consolidate the, your biggest life lesson, or it could be advice that you've heard from someone else into 30 seconds or so. Uh, that's a great question. And I don't have an answer off the tip of my tongue, but the one that I'm going to go to, I think is, um, I was in, I was in Israel and I was like talking to this guy. We had a massive language barrier because he spoke a few words of English and I only spoke a few words of Hebrew, but like we were about the same age and we were waiting for the bus. And so we were like trying to communicate and have a conversation. And so he like asked me like, well, what do you do? Right. And I'm like, I'm a motivational speaker. And he's like, well, you know, what does that mean? And I was, I was trying to explain it to him a little bit. And so then I, I coined something in Hebrew and, and right now it's, um, my brain is a little bit too fuzzy to give you the exact Hebrew, but basically like, um, oh, uh, in, in ain't take five, there's no hope in There's nothing in the take five. There is hope. The entire world is ahead of you. So it's like the, the, the massive, the major ingredient that's going to make the difference in everything is hope. Um, unfortunately, you know, we look at people sometimes who have, you know, decided to end it all and, you know, they committed suicide. I mean, what is that other than the absence of hope? If there's any grain of hope, like why would somebody ever do something like that? And, and I'm, I'm leaving off to the side, the fact that there's a tremendous amount of mental illness and a decision like that and everything else. But, but, but the, the main thing is, is like when somebody's suffering tremendously, a lot of times it's because they have no hope and they have nothing to look forward to. So that, that, that small ingredient of hope, which doesn't take a lot to instill and just, just needs the tiny little bit to like open it up and be like, wow, that's possible. Right. Hope makes a tremendous, tremendous difference. Amazing. Thank you so much for ending on that incredible story. It's really beautiful. So Ari, how do, how do everyone stay, how does everyone stay in touch with you? How do we support you on your journey? Uh, thanks for asking. My main website, you can go to ariguns.com. That's guns with a Z, A-R-I-G-U-N-Z.com. And then the, if you wanted to grab the first two chapters of my book for free, you can go to littlebookofgreatness.com. There's a little form you can fill it in. It'll send you over a download. You can read the first two chapters free of charge if you want to see if it's kind of your thing or not. Uh, and that's about it. Amazing. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here. Appreciate you having me on. Thank you. That's it for this episode of The Big Possible Show. This is Noah Scott signing out to let you know I appreciate you for being here. Of course, if you enjoyed the episode and want to share some feedback, visit Apple and drop a review. That review will help other people find the show, and it also gives me a signal that, hey, people are out there listening. And with that, may the rest of your day be filled with epic adventures. And I'll see you right here for the next episode.